The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Oh, well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? I'm going to try not to smoke through most of the show, but I do need to cheat a little bit. Okay. And I don't do that for anybody, by the way. Most people come in, I'm like, I'm smoking. You don't like it, you don't have to be here. My new favorite person in the world, Chrissy. I am? Oh, I've been replaced. Okay. I thought you were just making a statement. We, we My new lunch. favorite person in the world, Chrissy. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. You're my second favorite person in the world. You'll be gone next week and I'll Although, be although Murphy just gave me a dirty look when I said that, so maybe he's my favorite person in the world. I don't know. Do we do the pop up We get so much to get to. Your show. So Thank you for the coffee. Oh shit! I gotta get this. I gotta get this shared. I'm sitting here chatting. How about you do your job? I got mine. Right. I'm sorry. You're on the air. That's all. I suck. <laughs> I just suck. Um. Everybody. Alright, I think we're up. By the way, last week's show, did you see the numbers for last week's show? They were pretty good. Holy shit! Definitely our highest rated show of the year, maybe even in the last year. Yeah? What was it? Uh, the thing on the Methuen City Council is attacking the state reps. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. And we'll have an update on that in a second. <laughs> Phony bastards. Oh, second ba 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 Wow, that was, I hit both the ba ba bars. You're getting better. Yeah, I am getting better. Finally, after a year. Yeah. You, you All right, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Yeah. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop two guys, Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Uh, we've got a really great show for you today. I've got a great guest. She was at the Bash. So you know what we say about Bash attendees, friends for life. <laughs> if you've been to one, if you've been to one of our bashes over the last nineteen years, you are a friend for life because that means you cared enough to come to our event and donate to scholarships and to help people in the community that you don't even know. And to me, that means an awful lot. Um, I have a couple of things I want to get to before we get to our guest. Let me pull up my notes here because I'm always so unprepared. Um, so let's get to a couple. Well, first, let me thank my sponsors. Let's do that first because they pay for the show. McLennan Real Estate Century 21. We love Matt and uh, Janet and Sam and everybody over there. Uh, also, a big uh, congratulations to Bob Barcelos. He just got an award, some kind of real estate award. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but uh, he's a good guy, and, and we've known him for a really long time. Uh, I want to thank the Zany Pesci Law Office. I'm trying really hard. As much as I want to get Jane as Annie Pesci here, she was our MC. 
uh, at the bash. Yep. Uh, she's the most beautiful woman alive. As besides much as, Shakira. Uh, besides, well, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, That's a close competition. It is a toss-up. <laughs> um, but as much as I want to have Jaina back here, uh, I really want to get her husband Vinny on the show. He's on the zoning board in Methuen. And he does real estate stuff, and he does uh, bankruptcy stuff, and I thought that might be a fun show to do at some point. So we're working on that. Marsan and Sun Construction. I want to thank Ronnie Marsan for sponsoring the fishing derby in Methuen. Um, he does so much for the veterans, and we always thank him for all the things he does for the veterans. He's a former city councilor in Methuen, but he also does a lot of other stuff that has nothing to do with veterans to help the community. And the guy's not even running for anything. So you, you really got to give people credit when they're doing things for the community and, you know, especially if they've been involved in politics, people are very cynical. They go, well, he's just doing that because he's running for office. He's looking for votes. This is a guy that's been out of office for at least six years, I think. And he's still out there every single day helping the community. So thank you, Ronnie. EIS, investigation and gun training. I got some shit online the other day. They said, how come you never talk about, you talk about all your other advertisers, but you gloss right over EIS. Why don't you mention them? Why don't you talk about them? So I'm going to talk about them. They do gun training. Um, they also do security. So if you've got a business that needs security, I know a lot of these new marijuana companies, uh, marijuana dispensaries that are popping up all over the place, it's mandated in state law that they have security. You ought to be calling EIS Investigations, and they will help you out. Uh, Borelli's Deli, where I'm going right after the show to get the new uh, hot pepper, pepper flake sausages that they talked oh, about two weeks yeah. ago when they were here. Uh, Tomo and Shaken Seafood, Clear Path for Veterans New England. Now, can we pull up that picture of Jeff? We sure can. Um, so uh, I want to thank everybody at Clear Path. We were out last night. This is the veteran we've been talking about for a while. He's homeless. He lives in La- He's in Lawrence. Um, he was clean. He came to TMF last night to eat. And he was clean. So I said, why don't you get in my car and drive around with us when we drive to all the tent cities to deliver food? And uh, and because and I, I really wanted to chat with him about getting him back to Clear Path. We got him once, and then he signed himself out because he's addicted, and he, and he, he was jonesing, and he, he, he fled, and then he ended up back in Lawrence. And he's been back in Lawrence now for about two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks, Chris. Um, and we, so we got him in the car last night. We're driving around. He said to me, you know what? I think I'm almost ready to go back. So yeah. I said, look, if, you, if you're really almost ready to go back, let's do this. Brought him to daybreak. And even though it was a little after check-in and they got all kinds of rules, I called over there and said, listen, the guy's a veteran. Let's help him out. God bless Bob Murdoch and everybody at Daybreak, Karina Papalato and Megan. They took him in. Um, he's actually going to try and get back in tonight, so I'm going to be making some phone calls right after the show. And I wanted to show you the picture because if you see him, we have at least, I don't know, 35 volunteers from TMF, but some of them I don't really know that well. I know they all watch the show. This is what he looks like. If you see him on the street, please go through a drive through grab him some food. Uh, if you've got if you've got something that you can give him, new sneakers, socks, whatever it is, supplies, uh, we're really trying to help this guy out because he really you, there's a lot of people in the streets, and we help TMF. And I'm not even going to say we. I'm not going to take any credit for this at all. It's TMF that does it. TMF goes out of their way to help most of these people. A lot of the, some of them don't want help, uh, but the ones that really want help and they're doing things to help themselves, those are the people that I personally try to focus on. And we've already gotten Jeff into rehab once, which means he wants the help. And because he wants the help, and he's a veteran, we're, we're continuing to work with him every day, if we can, if we can find him every day. Sometimes, some days we can't find him. Um, so if you see him on the streets, please help the guy out, if you, especially if you're a TMF member. Tell him that you're with TMF when you approach him so he knows who you are. Um, and if you need something, if you're talking to him and you, he needs something and you don't have it, call me. 
Call me. I'll call Randy. I'll call Nancy. I'll call Mike Gorman. We will get him exactly what he needs, uh, and hopefully he'll be in daybreak tonight. Uh, Tomo and Shaken Seafood, we said that. Mercurio Law Office, love Doug Mercurio. Uh, AFC Urgent Care, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, Dave in the console. He's still taking on new jobs, and a free shout-out to our friends at JG's Ice Cream. All right, we've already burned nine minutes, so let's get through some of this. <laughs> so before we get to our guest, we had the North Andover Town Meeting uh, this week in North Andover. We had the town moderator on the show two weeks ago. was a great guest. I thought it was extremely informative. Um, the town meeting voted to ban plastic bags in town. So market basket, um, stop and shop, any business that's over 3,000 feet, you, as of January 1st next year, no longer allowed to use plastic bags. Here's what I want to say about this, because this really, really pissed me off. You had the mask-wearing cult members of the Democrat Party in North Andover stood up one after the other after the other, saying, oh, we have to ban plastic bags, we've got to do this, we have to save the planet, save the environment, like banning them in North Andover is going to do anything, right? But okay, fine. Let's even say that, that they're right about that stuff. Let's say that everything they said at the microphone about why they want to ban plastic bags is correct. At one point during the night, and by the way, these are the same people that for the last three years of COVID lectured the rest of us about what? What did they lecture us on for the last three years? Listen to the health professionals. They're the experts. Why are you questioning them? You're an evil person. The health experts said to wear a mask, and you're not wearing a mask. You're a bad person. Remember all that? Remember all the shows that we did about those topics? You remember that? Well, town meeting this week, the North Andover Board of Health got up when the plastic bag ban was proposed, and they opposed banning plastic bags in town. The Board of Health, figure that, I was stunned. The Board of Health in North Andover opposed the plastic bag ban in North Andover. And what did the mask-wearing cult members of the Democrat Party do? They ignored what the health professionals said. They ignored the experts, and they voted en masse. It was easily like, this passed like by 90%, right? There was like maybe nine people in the room that voted no, and everyone else voted yes. And all I want to say is what a bunch of fucking hypocrites you people are. I wasn't pissed off that I lost the vote because really, I don't care. I'll just go to Methuen and I'll buy my, my stuff in Methuen because they have plastic bags. All right. So it's not about losing the vote. It's about the goddamn hypocrisy. Jesus, you people, you people aren't even smart enough to promote your own narrative because it's not, it was never, this is proof, by the way. I always say, always, always, always say if you're not sure what the national narrative is, if you're not sure that the national narrative is bullshit or if it's true, look at the local level. Just look at the local level and that will tell you everything you need to know. Well, here at the local level, all of these, and some of them, I couldn't believe they're still wearing masks three years after COVID. But it's a, it's a cult, so, so they have to, right? They have to virtue signal and show everybody they're part of the team. Fine, that's okay. But you guys, you guys are the ones that lectured all of us and told us we were bad people if we didn't listen to the health experts. And then you shit on the health experts publicly at a public meeting? And you said, I don't care what the health experts say. We want what we want. This is just proof that it's not about the health experts. It's never been about following the experts. It's never been about following the science. It's never been about following the health professionals. It's always been about getting your own way and promoting your political narrative. That's what it's always been about. And you people in North Andover, you proved it. So here's what I'm going to do from now on. The next time the North Andover Republican Town Committee, by the way, not a Republican, 
I am not a Republican, okay? I'm not a member of the Republican Town Committee. In fact, I'm not even really happy with some of the people on the North End of a Town Committee. But the next time I go on Facebook and see you cult-wearing, you, you mask-wearing cult members of the Democrat Party attacking Republicans because they're not following the experts and they're not following the science, I'm going to take video clips of Tuesday night's meeting and I'm going to blast it all over Facebook to show what a bunch of fucking hypocrites you people are. I can't even tell you how angry I was when I left. Again, not because I lost the vote, because all the other votes went my way. So I wasn't mad about losing the vote. I was just so angry that you people could publicly shit on your own narrative with no shame at all. No shame, these people. I, I, just, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. Very few things make me speechless, but that one did. All right, what else do we have here? Um, we did that. Oh, remember last week's show? Remember last week when we showed the video of the city councilors in Methuen attacking state reps and a state senator because they wouldn't sign off on a letter attacking Joe Solomon? Remember that? And then the councilors uh, attacked them because Rep. Ryan Hamilton came out and said, look, I, I want to read the letter. Send me the letter, and I'll look at it, and if, it, and if I agree with it, I'll sign it. And they said, no, 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 why can't you just give us an answer now? You should be ready to just give us an answer now without even reading it. Why? Why can't you do it? You're a bad person. Well, they were all full of shit. Because as of this morning, I called Senator Piano an hour before the show, and I said, Senator, I need 30 seconds of your time. All I want to know is, did they send you the letter yet? Now, that was 17 days ago that that meeting took place. And they were apoplectic about getting this letter signed that night. It was so important, it had to be that night. And they said, just send us the letter and we'll read it. And if we agree with it, we'll sign it. 17 days later, the reps and the senators still don't have the letter. So Councilor DiZoglio, Councilor McCarty, I, 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 listen, it's not personal, but you guys are just a bunch of phonies. Why didn't you send them the letter after you humiliated them at a public meeting? Boy, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, you guys make my job easy. My, I mean, I come in here looking for material sometimes, and all I got to do is look at Methuen, and I got plenty of stuff to talk about. What else do we have? Uh, quick update in Salisbury. We did a show last week at the beginning of the show. I talked about the three entrances, 8, 9, and 10, to Salisbury Beach being closed by the CDC because of beach erosion. And what did I do? I threatened them on the show. I said, if by next week's show, this isn't resolved, or at least in the process of being resolved, then I'm going to start outing people by name for not doing their jobs. Two days later, I get a press release from Senator Bruce Tarr. Good guy. I like him. Uh, don't agree with him on everything, um, but he's a good guy. And he represents Salisbury, and he sent us a press release that they had an emergency meeting the senators, the reps, the local officials, and the CDC had an emergency meeting. They are opening at least one of the, I don't remember which one, 8, 9, or 10, but one of the entrances is going to be open right away. So um, that press release came four days ago, five days ago, so I assume that's already open. And they are looking within the next week to open the other two, uh, to get down there, to remediate the erosion, to get some more sand down there so that it can be open. And I want to thank all of our viewers and our listeners, because we have way more listeners than viewers, um, for making phone calls and emails, because the reps that I talked to said that they got at least 10 emails on this topic after my show last Thursday. So it's citizen activism at work. I want to thank you guys for doing that. Um, two other real quick hits. Uh, Neil Harrington, the Salisbury Town Manager, ran for mayor of Salem, Mass., to replace Kim Driscoll, our lieutenant governor. He lost by 400 and I don't know the exact number. It's like 462 votes he lost by. 
So now he goes back to being town manager in Salisbury. And this should tell you people in Salisbury you need a new town manager. Because for the last six months, he didn't do shit for your town. And he ran around the city of Salem, Massachusetts, talking about how he wanted to lead them. And if you don't feel that that's a slap in the face, then you're not paying attention. Um, I'm going to be calling uh, a bunch of people to see if we can get uh, some candidates to run for Board of Selectmen in Salisbury next spring. And if Neil Harrington is not removed by then, we're going to be recruiting candidates that can remove him. Because A, he doesn't care about public records. He's violated the public records law a number of times. We've written at least a dozen stories about his political shenanigans in town. And again, at the end of the day, he slapped all of you in the face by running for mayor of Salem. Uh, One other uh, update, Scott Wood, member of the Haverhill School Committee, is running for mayor. He announced it yesterday. He's a really good friend of the show. Uh, We're going to have him on maybe next week or the week after to talk about his candidacy for mayor. And he's not your typical politician. So you guys are going to like him. I know my my viewers are going to like him. He's the, he's the kind of guy that you ask him a question and he actually answers it. You know, like you ask a politician a question like, hey, um, what's the weather outside? Well, you know, <laughs> some people think it's cold, but other people think it's warm. And I'm not really sure, but you know, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to study it. We're going to take a look at that, Tom. He's not that kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that just actually answers the question so you guys will like him. All right. In the studio with me is uh, Cynthia Sweet. She is the founder of Sweet Paws Adoption agency uh our canine columnist kane did a story on you guys last month sure did and uh, how did you guys get along with kane kane's pretty cool awesome i mean for a columnist and a german shepherd he's (laughs) he's pretty good i mean we we get more requests for kane than just about any other columnist that we more 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 requests for kane than you yeah absolutely Uh, yeah no people hate me they love kane though yeah so that's why you put him on the front page exactly So tell me, tell people a little bit about why you started Sweet Paws, Mm -hmm. and then we'll talk about like what it is that you guys do and some of the obstacles that you've been finding, Um, because dog adoptions are important Mm -hmm. because you have all these dogs that have been abandoned, some of them have health issues, some of them have been abused, and you guys really take care of them, and then you try to find permanent homes for them, and Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty awesome. So explain to people at home what you, uh, like how you started it and what you guys do. All right. Um... For all of you listeners and viewers, I'm assuming you guys are probably um, old enough to remember Hurricane Katrina. So I had just finished my master's degree. I was working at Northeastern University, and boom, Hurricane Katrina happened. And uh, remember, this is pre-social like social media, like no Facebook, no nothing. Um, and uh, remember all of the, the photos of the dogs on the roof, and they were swimming in the disgusting yep. water. And I had accrued maybe like four hours vacation. And I told my boss, I was like, I got to go, I got to go do something. And he was like, you don't have any vacation. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I'm going, right? <laughs> going anyway. Yeah. So I ended up getting on an airplane, getting a one-way ticket to Louisiana. I had no training. I had, I didn't know anybody. I just got in a plane and went. And um, By the way, thank you for that. That's so incredible. Yeah, that- but I'm the asshole that was like, why FEMA made actual, you know, they have regulations now for you actually have to be trained. I like showed up in Louisiana with like my flip flops and a sports bra. And I was like, I'm here to save all the puppies. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, that was me. I'm the asshole. Um, but I ended up, um, that was sort of the event in, in America's history that shined the light on the overpopulation that exists in our country. We are the United States of America, and we have one of the worst overpopulations of companion animals in the world um, for being a developed nation. 
Um, so anyway, so I ended up being down there for a month. I almost lost my job, but I was working with journalism students at Northeastern. So I texted on my flip phone, <laughs> one of my journalism students. I was like, Hey man, you got to write an article about me. Cause I'm about to get fired. I just started my job. And so they wrote a great article and I ended up being the hero of Northeastern and didn't get fired. So, um, but that obviously that event stuck with me and I knew that I wanted to do something. You know, I, I gave money to my local animal shelter when I was like 12, but I just felt compelled to go and um, I came back and so I worked at Northeastern for 10 years and I never stopped rescuing. So um, after commuting into Boston, hell, for 10 years, I decided that I had to pick one career because they both grew simultaneously for 10 years and I I picked the the one that doesn't pay. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both. Yeah, right. So... um, we have, um, I've been around since 2011. We are a, a registered 501c3 nonprofit in the state of Massachusetts, and we are headquarters, for lack of a better term, is in Groveland, Mass. Okay. Yeah. Right, right down. And we deliver in Groveland. We've got a yep. box at the Groveland Post Office. Yes, you do. So, you outs- sure do. Outstanding. Yeah. So now you, as a, and I know I've worked with Stacia and I've worked with uh, Puppy Girl Kate Whitney mm-hmm. in Box. Yep. Is, yep. is One Tail at a Time still around? They are not. They're nope. not. Because nope. I haven't heard from them in a while, so I was nope. wondering. Nope. So you're going to be filling you, – you, you were telling me at lunch the other day that um, you guys are looking to open like a dog rescue in the Haverhill area. Yep. So talk about that because I think I think with One Tail at a Time not being around anymore, yep. they were in Boxer, but they service like the Boxford, Groveland, Haverhill, Georgetown area. Yep. Um, you could fill that void pretty quickly. Yeah. So we, um, so we're not an animal shelter. Uh, we're foster based, meaning um, all of the animals that come into our care don't sit in kennels or crates, and they, you know, they get spayed, neutered, evaluated, vaccinated, microchipped. Um, a lot of the animals that we um, take in from the Merrimack Valley um, have a lot of health issues. So all of those are taken care of. They go into people's homes, and then they get ad- adopted out from people's homes. But um, I'm from um, Gloucester, so I moved to the Merrimack Valley seven years ago because we um, we rent a building in Groveland. It was the only town that we could do what we wanted to do. So it's not an animal shelter, but the building that we have is a quarantine building. And you're probably like, what the cor- like for what? Mm. All right, so historically pre-COVID, uh, 97% of our dogs came from the deep south, right? Sort of, it's Louisiana, Mississippi. It's the south of the Mason-Dixon line. It's socioeconomic. Um, it's cultural. People don't think of dogs the way that they do up here in New England. It's weather-related. People don't bring their dogs inside. There are no doggy daycares. There's no leash laws. It's sort of the wild, wild right. west for for canines and for cats. Well, it's I mean, very rural, so there's a lot totally. of farms, yep, and yep. they're all worried about their totally. cows yep, and their yep. horses. The, yeah, ex- ex- exactly. And the last thing on their on their list is, you know, the family pet. They're worried about their cattle. Right. Um, so historically, we've been combating the overpopulation by you know transporting dogs from those states up to Massachusetts. Because if you've looked around, any of you listeners and viewers, you know when was the last time you saw a litter of puppies dumped on the side of the road? And you're like, uh, never. Right. right. I, I grew up in the '80s. Um, I remember when you know we'd have we had dog pounds. Pounds like right. you go pay ten bucks and you got a dog and it was had a rabies vaccine and that was it right, right? And, like didn't know, even know where the dog came from. Right. Then we transitioned into like multi million dollar like animal shelters, right. and we got control over the overpopulation in Massachusetts. So we started helping other parts of the country. Right, we're Americans, they're Americans. Sure. You know, we're helping dog lovers. So we started not sweet paws, but all of these rescues in New England are rescuing their dogs from the deep south. Mm-hmm. Okay, boom, COVID hits. Okay. 
So 2020 and 2021, I'm sure anybody that's listening has had a conversation about this, has read an article about this, that everybody in the United States adopted a dog within the exact like two years, right? So there was a massive, massive uptick in adoptions. We knew that COVID was going to eventually be over, right? And shelter in place was going to be lifted. I'm glad you knew because I wondered for a long time <laughs> if, if we were ever going back to well, normal. Well, we just, I mean, I just knew that at some point, you know, the shelter in place thing, people were going to have to be let out to go outside. But what, what do you think happened? So all of these people in two years adopted their dogs because they were at home. So... <clears throat> So they adopted their dogs, they bought their dogs, all of the breeders were churning out as many puppies as, as they could, rescue shelters were adopting out as many as they could, and we didn't. We were like, shit's going to go south right. in a couple of years, right. right? So we actually ended up adopting out fewer animals in 2020 and 2021 because we didn't want to get massive returns. We were smart. We also made it harder to adopt. Every person that adopts from Sweet Paws has to listen to me on a Zoom for an hour talk about... Why are you adopting a dog? Right. Why is your dog from Mississippi? Why is, my, why is my dog not from here in Massachusetts? Okay. So in 2022, so 2020 and 2021, I don't really count those years. It's sort of a blur to every American. Right. Um, so here we are in 2022. So remember, 2020, 2021, everybody got a dog. So if you got one in 2020, 2022, your dog is two-ish, mm -hmm. right? A, do a male dog is now sexually mature, Adult dogs are, I mean, puppies are now adult dogs. Mm -hmm. Nobody went outside their home. Nobody went to the dog parks. Everybody was scared. Everybody was masked. Everybody was like, you know, I, I can't, I can't show, I can't talk to another human. So what did their dogs do? Their dogs didn't meet any people. Their dogs didn't meet any dogs. They didn't go out in public. Right. Boom. And they didn't reproduce. No. And so now listen, now 2022 we are, and now everyone's like, everything's been lifted. Let's take my dog out. Well, now your fucking dog doesn't know how to deal in the real world because right. it's been essentially sheltered for two years, right. right? So what did people not do? They didn't have trainers. All the, tra the trainers are going to have jobs till the end of time, right. right? The doggy daycares, all of their, their, they are not taking any more clients. I mean, everything is upside down. So get this, get this statistic. So pre-COVID, um, there were 500 veterinarians per every, sorry, 500 domestic animals, so cats and dogs, per one veterinarian in the United States. Wow. Now, there's 1,500 domestic animals per one veterinarian. Wow. And it's not like we had more students go to vet school, right? right? So everything is topsy-turvy, right? right? And every, everything is completely out of whack. So um, having done this for almost 20 years, as I'm Massachusetts, born, and, born and raised in Massachusetts, um, I have never... We knew that, you know, there were going to be a lot of returns and we didn't have any more returns, but we get the emails every single day from Massachusetts and New Hampshire residents saying, I adopted a dog. I, I bought a dog and it's not working out and the rescue won't take it back. The shelter won't take it back and the breeder won't take it back. We're getting pre nine, in 2019, we would probably get like a handful of week. We're getting like 15, 20 a day. Wow. Okay. So if I can't take your dog that's bitten somebody and that shelter, and the shelter won't take it back, the rescue won't take it back, not us, but a different rescue and the breeder won't take it back, where do you think, what's going to happen to that dog? They're going to send it to the MSPCA and they're going to kill it. <laughs> All right, I'm well, sorry, I, was, that, was that the wrong answer? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But what's going to happen? So they're going to end up, they're going to, they're going to end up dumping the dog. Right. Okay. So I have, again, been doing this for a very long time. And um, I have never seen in my rescue career so many abandoned and so many dumped 
dogs. So everybody's probably going, oh yeah, well, you know, it's all, it's all pit bulls. Nope. It's not. If you were to listen to a Zoom on a Tuesday night when I talk about, you know, the Massachusetts problem that is now, um, you know, this sort of Southern issue is now actually a Massachusetts issue. And it's not necessarily because of the South. It's just, we live in the United States. People want what they want. And if it's not working out, they just get rid of it. Right. right? So um, now we hear, now we are uh, for 2022. So remember, so 3% of our dogs in 2019 came from Massachusetts, Right. right? Owner surrenders. Uh, we're having a baby, um, uh, elderly parent going into st- assisted living or whatever. For whatever reason, you have to give up your dog. 3%. Wow. And of that 3%, 0.01% was like a dumped dog. And it was always a pit bull. And it was like in Lynn or Tewksbury or you know Lawrence or whatever. And it was like a handful. So 3% in 2019. What do you think the percentage was in 2022? 25%. I was going to guess 10. 2023, at the rate that we are going right now, we are projected to do 35 to 40% of our animals are coming from the state of Massachusetts. Right. And of those, of that percent, I would probably say that maybe 25% are dogs that somebody is literally driving. If they are a resident of, I don't know, Salisbury, they're going to drive to Lynn and they're going to open their door and they're going to push their dog out. Wow. And just take off. Right. So you're probably thinking, well, why don't they just call the shelters? Shel- shelters are full. Yeah, full. Why don't they well, just call the rescue? That, because the rescue, not Sweet Paws, but the rescue's getting calls every day about returning their dogs, the breeders. Well, th- that's, a, that's a whole nother podcast. So they are, and not to defend anybody that would dump their dog, but they literally don't have anywhere to turn. Right. But it's still, again, and I don't know how you feel about the MSPCA, but I hate them. Um, it's still, to me, it's better to let your dog go free and be alive than give it to the MSPCA who claims they're not a kill shelter but are, a kill, in fact, a kill shelter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get I, – to, to defend any of the shelters, you know, you can only – you can only take in what you can – when you can – what you can adopt out, right. right? We are a – we are – I like to call us – we are a boots on the ground, uh, volunteer-run, volunteer-powered, volunteer-oriented. I might just be the face of the rescue and be the head honcho. And thank God for that. Uh, th- thanks. Very, thanks, Tomas. It's, it's a very pretty face. <laughs> the, or, the organization um, is, is run by almost 350 volunteers. Nobody gets paid – um, and they do it because they love, you know, rescuing dogs and then adopting out to, to wonderful families. But we don't have paid behaviorists. Right. We don't have a CEO. We don't have multiple locations. We're just little old sweet paws. Right. And we're adopting out and saving just as many, if not more, animals than a lot of the shelters in New Hampshire and in, in Massachusetts. How many dogs did you rescue last year? We adopted out almost 2,000. Wow. Cats and dogs. Cats wow. and dogs. Yep. At, ju- at just one shelter. That's just We're one, not even just, a shelter. Oh, that's right. You're Remember, we're not. This is right. These are out of people's homes. When I started Sweet Paws, I, I never wanted to um, open an animal shelter. Um, I, it's a, the model is different, right? Bricks and mortar. You go in, you get a dog, and you leave, right? But how well does the person in the shelter really know that dog? Right. We're, which it's a completely different model. Uh, but so we, it's kind of like what, what Puppy Girl Kate Whitney was doing. People temporarily adopt the dog. They foster the dog. Yep. While you guys are getting them spayed, neutered, mm-hmm. getting yep, all this yep. stuff, and then while you're trying to find them a permanent home, mm-hmm. and then when the person who who is the permanent home gets the dog, they've already got their shots, yep, they've already everything. been inspected. Yep. So, so it's a pretty good. Se- I know what Kate was doing was really great, and you guys are following the same model. Yeah, it's the exact same model. So, so instead of going to a breeder um, where you're spending, you know, you could spend two to eight thousand dollars depending on the breed. 
um, you know, you're getting a, a puppy with maybe one vaccine and you still have to do everything on top of that, especially the spay and neuter in Massachusetts, which is, is usually over $1,000. With us, you're getting like a fully vetted spayed neuter dog for like 595 bucks, right? And everybody's like, yeah, but everything in, in rescue is like a pit bull. Uh, nope. I could say that um, the dogs that are the most in need now, it's completely different than it was sort of pre-COVID. We're taking in a handful of pit bulls, but it's not what I'm seeing on the streets anymore. Right. It's little scruffy dogs. And people are like, why? Well, think about it. All of these people stayed home, right? Maybe if they have um, uh, weight, uh, weight, re weight restrictions in their apartments, they can't get a big dog. So the dogs that are in need right now are actually like anything under 50 pounds and scruffy. It's crazy how much things have changed. But I think what I really want Massachusetts, your listeners and your viewers to understand is that nobody is talking about the effing problem that we have in um, Massachusetts, in, in Southern New Hampshire, of all of these people got a dog all at the same time. So let's, I don't know the percentage, but let's just say the percentage is, um, you know, if you, in a non-COVID year, let's just say 2019, um, you know, 20 to 25% of animals that were purchased or adopted from a foster-based rescue like Sweet Paws or a shelter, let's just say 20 to 25% are returned, okay? But let's just say uh, there are only 10,000 animals adopted. Well, during COVID, let's just say there were 50,000 dogs right. adopted. So th during those years that they're going to- those numbers out. It's completely out. Com I mean, it's everything is so out of whack. And so- and again, the 18 years, we have never had a dumped litter of puppies. We took a, we took a litter of purebred Great Pyrenees puppies that were dumped in a cardboard box um, in a store outside of a, um, a storage facility outside of Logan Airport. What? Like, do you know how much money? Like, people pay a lot of money, and they were just dumped. Wow. We had a puppy that was uh, a puppy, not like an old, decrepit pit bull, like a puppy. Somebody paid money for this puppy uh, tied to a, a chain link fence in Everett. Somebody dumped a purebred Australian Shepherd puppy in the alleyway outside of our building in Groveland. Wow. And our cameras caught her. She totally got busted. Good. Um, and you know what? She was a law student. Wow. A law student. Wow. And she lied to the cops and said, I had to give up my puppy because I was so overwhelmed because my mom killed herself. She didn't kill herself. Wow. It's a total lie. So, like, people are just... They're getting these dogs to fill a void, right? Like an emotional void. And they're like, oh, I, 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 can't, I can't handle it. Well, I'm just going to give it back. Oh, well, the, per the place where I got the puppy won't take it back. Right. Well, I'm going to call my veterinarian to euthanize it. The veterinarian's like, screw you. I'm not euthanizing your dog because it's become an inconvenience. You right. know what I mean? It's not a pair of shoes that are defective. So people are just dumping. And most of the, a lot of the shelters, a lot of the rescues, um, and this is no offense to like my beloved foster-based rescues out there, um, is because it, the numbers are so out of whack that there's no place for these animals to go. And they are sitting in uh, city holding facilities that are not equipped to even have a mouse, let right. alone a dog. Um, and then also this is coupled with the uptick in cruelty and um, like cruelty, neglect, and abuse in the state of Massachusetts mm -hmm. and New Hampshire over the last year or so. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's so out of whack, but I really wish that Massachusetts and New Hampshire residents would do a little research, um, you know, contact your local rescue about fostering, about adopting. Um, How do they do that? How do they contact you? Mm -hmm. How do they contact... Um other other places that are reputable. Yeah. How do you? By the way, how do you? I know we're going to five minutes. Yeah. How how does somebody tell 
if a if a dog rescue if a dog shelter is reputable how do you how yeah. do you know is there a, is there a place online to go can you call please yeah, yeah. i mean we I, I i think that um i think why we have a good reputation is because if you adopt i mean it sounds sort of cheesy but if you adopt a dog from us you know you become a part of sweet Paws family right like we want you as an we want you as an adopter we want you as a volunteer we want you ultimately as a donor and a repeat adopter mm-hmm. um so we have tons of events we have events every weekend um you know we've got we're we really try to get our adopters engaged in our social media and just engaged in the organization right we're not like just churning out you know there are a lot of other organizations out there that will do two or three times the amount of adoptions but i mean again this isn't to to harsh on any other rescues but it's like we're about quality not quantity and so this is why uh, our return rate is so let's just say we do a thousand dogs a year we get less than 10 back that's and that great. is like un, like that's sort of unheard of mm-hmm. where the shelters their their return rate is quite high but that's if the shelter even takes the dog back. Right. When you adopt a dog from Sweet Pies, you sign a legal contract that I don't care if your house blows up or if it's just not working out or if you have a baby and now you can't take it. The dog comes, it's a legal document. The dog has to come back to Sweet Pies. You That's can't awesome. give it away. That's awesome. And there's very few organizations out there that do that because at the end of the day, if my, if I'm, you know, I take in a dog and I'm fostering it and it doesn't work out with the adopter, the last thing I want to do is that jackass to give it away on Facebook. Right. You know what I mean? Then like that's horrible. And this is why we're in the situation we're in is because people aren't thinking about adoption. They're not thinking long term. They're thinking, I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. I want a dog right now. So I'm going to go get a dog right now. And they don't think about what's going to happen in a year or two years if I have the financial, you know. Um, ability to take care of this dog? What if it gets, you know, needs ACL surgery? What if it develops a behavioral issue? Do you have money for a trainer? They just, they want it now. Right. They want, they want their dog now. And if it doesn't work out, then um, not my problem. I'm just right. going to give it back. Oh, and you won't take it back? So I'm how, just do, how do people it. get in touch with you? How do people get in touch with Sweet Paws? Yep. So we have a, we have 76,000 people on our Facebook page. Nice. So you can contact us that way. We, um, 76,000? Yeah. I thought I was pretty good with 16,000. And you sat networking yeah, we're with dogs, you guys. Tom. Yeah, we're dogs. We dogs and cats. Um, so um, sweetpawsrescue.org is our website, um, but we are desperate, desperate, desperate for fosters. Um, unfortunately, because of the Department of Agriculture, both in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, you can't um, – New Hampshire residents, even though we're in Groveland, 24 feet from Plastow – um, if you are a New Hampshire resident, you cannot foster for a Massachusetts-based organization, wow. which is which is really frustrating. You know, we've got some friends in the legislature up here in New Hampshire. Maybe we could do something <laughs> to maybe tweak that law a little bit. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, the Department of Agriculture's both uh, all across the country are very pro-breeder and very anti-rescue. Again, well, but that's another podcast. Well, listen, I did. I know because I did a story about eleven years ago. Oh, you did about the head of the Department of Agriculture was coming down on the dog rescues and really targeting the dog rescues because he's a breeder. Yeah. Like he was making money breeding dogs and he was in charge of the dog rescues. So he was harassing Kate Whitney. He was harassing one tail at a time. He was harassing Stacia and it wasn't him doing it. He had the apparatus of government going in yeah. like measuring the door. Oh, this is one eighth of an inch, uh, this, one eighth of an inch too small. So we're shutting you down for 10 days. So you widen your doorway. And, and we wrote a story about that. I think he's gone. I think there's a new person now in charge. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm hearing from some of the dog rescue people that I know, uh, the new person is, is at least very open-minded yes. to being fair. Yes. And we're not look, I'm not looking for government officials to give preference. Mm-mm. I'm just looking fair. for government Equity. officials, just be objective, do your job, mm-hmm. and treat people fairly. That's all I ask. 
And I would say to that is taxpayer dollars. This is our government, um, and so we want oversight, but the oversight has to be fair, and the oversight has to be applied to everybody. Right. And in this case, it's dogs and cats. Right. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have an oversight on one rescue, it has to be on all rescues. Mm. Has to be on breeders. Has to be. I am not about not being regulate me. That's totally fine. But everybody in the state has to be regulated if you're dealing with right. cats and dogs. But period. the other thing we were finding is that they were putting in regulations that were specifically targeting the the rescues and making it harder for them to do business and actually closing some of them down. Yep. Because they favor the dog breeders. Yep. And and to me, that's just so corrupt. Like, we talk about government corruption on a number of levels on this show. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's just scummy, if you ask me. Again, and that's not a legal again, term. Again, Tomas, that is a, uh, that's, a, that's another episode. Okay, Because right, right, right. I could be here till next right. week. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Uh, Cynthia Sweet from Sweet Paws Dog Adoption Agency in Groveland. Uh, you're looking to open up a facility in Haverhill, um, Which is going to be like an educational, sanctuary, humane stuff for uh, sort of the lower to moderate income families in the Merrimack Valley. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to helping you guys get yeah. that off the ground. And will you, will you come back? I'd love to have you back. I would love to come back. Oh, that would be great. And, you know, the next time we have her back, we may have to do a double show because I actually have like another half an hour worth of questions to ask her. Um, Cynthia Sweet, I appreciate you being on the program. Thank you so much. Thank you but so much for having me. even more importantly, thank you for coming to the Bash this year because... Uh, I bought a table. I know. And, and when we called you guys out, that was the funniest part of the night. That was just so awesome. I was wondering if that was for our table but it then was. I sort of looked around and I it figured was. it was <laughs> I, I, said, I, said, I said where's my lesbians we have a lesbian table here and everybody like, was- the, the whole room gasped in horror <laughs> because know. they thought I said something wrong until they cheered and as soon as they cheered the whole the whole place was laughing it was great it was a great night uh, well, thank you Cynthia Sweet from, from Sweet Paws Dog Adoption Agency our, our new Valley Patriot uh, Dog Adoption uh, Agency uh, uh, um uh, what, what's the exclusives? Uh, we used to be one tail at a time. Now it's you guys. Thank you. Uh, and I want to thank our sponsors. I know we're up against the. And thank you, uh, uh, Chrissy, for being here. That's all and, right. And I have a little bit of news before you go. Oh, you do? Please do. Yeah. Kevin Druin just said in the chat that he is happy to report Jeff has a bed at Daybreak and is there right now. That's outstanding. Oh, That's excellent. That's excellent. Yay. So now we got to get him into Clear Path. Yeah. So we, we, we've got him into, uh, into Daybreak, which means he's got a place. In, indoors to sleep and he can okay, eat, okay, right? Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, and, and so now we got to get him to ClearPath, get him right. get him fully clean, get him fully detoxed. And listen, ClearPath has an apartment and a job waiting for him the All second right. he finishes rehab. So we gotta we got to work get on him. that. And thank you, everybody All at right. uh, Daybreak, for doing that. I want to thank our sponsors and obviously Chrissy, our fine, fine hey, producer in our studio audience, uh, Dad and, and uh, Murphy and everybody here today. Tom, thank you for uh, – ta- what, what is it? Walking the talk, talking the walk. Yeah, whatever. Walking, what walking I, the yeah. walk. <laughs> he talks the talk and he walks. The yeah, walk. exactly. It's yeah. very, it's very, it's not, it's not common that you uh, that you hear of somebody who has strong views like that, but you're actually out there doing doing stuff in the community. People talk and talk and talk, and they don't do crap. Mm-hmm. Getting to know my 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 new friend Tom, and it's like it's I'm blown away about what, I'm blown away by what you what oh, you do. Thank you so much. It's like one of the best compliments ever. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors: McLennan Real Estate, Century Twenty One, Zany Pesci Law Office. Marston and Son Construction. No, Murphy's just so adorable over there. Murphy is uh, Chrissy's dog. Yeah. Uh, Marston and Son Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training. They also do security. Uh, Tomo and Shake and Seafood. Clear Path for Veterans New England. Uh, I missed Borelli's Deli. Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my sausages right now. Unless you are you hungry? You want to grab something to eat? I have a Zoom after this. Okay, all right. So I'm going. I'm going right to Borelli's after the show. 
Clear Path for Veterans to England. Thank you, Randy and Jason at Clear Path for everything you do for our homeless veterans. The Mercurial Law Office, AFC Urgent Care, and Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Give Dave Id Consoli a phone call if you need, have landscaping needs. It's landscaping season. And it sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. Oh, no, you didn't say it yet. He's so not should, there do yet. we have to wait for yes. that or should yes. we just stop? Okay, all right. I can't do the show unless we wait. Okay, very good. Telling you to go home. Okay, anytime. Well, it sounds like Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.